Will Greg Dulcich be Sean Payton's joker in the deck for the Denver Broncos offense this upcoming season? We take a look at the tight end position for our training camp preview. You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our training camp position previews continue here on the show as we take a look at the tight end position. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and free on YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe or follow so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news content, coverage, analysis, and more. Every single day, all year long, we have you covered. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. Training camp inches closer and closer as each day passes here, and Broncos country has a lot of questions about every position that we'll cover here on the show in the coming days and weeks ahead as the team reports for training camp on July 28th. But hey, we're going to focus here today on one position I think a lot of Broncos fans do have questions about specifically, and that is the tight end position under Sean Payton. What will it look like? What type of characteristics is he looking for for certain players? I'll tell you what, right now going into training camp, the Broncos have some guys that have you know a combination of size, athleticism, speed, blocking ability. How does it all balance out? Because some guys excel in certain areas, whereas maybe other guys don't. This is where I think Sean Payton having a specific vision for each one of these players is really going to come into play, isn't it? It's a group that has, like you said, Cody, a very diverse set of skills for each individual player. You've got Greg Dulcich, who obviously coming out of UCLA was known primarily for his pass catching and ability in the open field as a runner after the catch. You've got Alberto Kuebunam, who at member at Missouri, he was really known for being just really great in the ball control department, a tight end that could get vertical with the speed of a receiver. You've got Chris Manhurts, who, man, he's he's the blocking specialist of this group. Adam Troutman came over in the trade during the 2023 NFL draft, who he kind of do a little bit of everything for you. Then Tommy Hudson and Nate Adkins round out this group. And I think to me, this is a very, very good group on paper. I, I, we don't know necessarily a ton about Greg Dulcich going forward. We think we know what he's going to bring to the table. Like you teased in the opening, Cody, he could be that joker in the deck there for Sean Payton. He only played 10 games as a rookie, so there's a lot still there to prove for Dulcich. But I think right now, the way that you look at this position group, to me, it looks really good for the Broncos. And, and I think you can project a little bit with confidence. Well, I think the question too that we'll dive deeper into on today's episode of the show is how many guys are you going to keep at that position because of maybe what they can do? And we'll dive deep into that here. But I think, you know, Greg Dulcich last year, the big storyline for him was the hamstring injury he suffered during OTAs and that bled into training camp. He came back for a practice, re aggravated it, and then he missed the first five weeks of the regular season for the Broncos as a rookie. But in the glimpses that we've seen of him on the field when healthy. I mean, he is a game changer. He's got speed. He's got size. He's got maneuverability that make it hard for guys to really cover him. Like he does simple things and it looks super, super explosive. And I think that is a good thing to have here for the Broncos offense, which is why Sean Payton 
has kind of alluded to him. Maybe he can be in this Joker role, which, you know, he's going to be everywhere, essentially, if that is the case. If he does become the Joker in the offense, he's going to line up, I think, at times in the backfield with Russell Wilson. I think we're going to see him offset behind the offensive line sometimes. We might see him in line. We might see him in the slot. We might see him on the outside because he can do all of these things here. So that becomes a position. That becomes a weapon that you can really utilize here. To me, that's exciting to see. But the biggest question, can he stay healthy? And so far, I mean, he made it through OTAs and minicamp, looked good, didn't have any injuries or ailments whatsoever. The hamstring looked great. His explosiveness looked great. So that is a positive sign in the right direction here for them. But then you go into Albert Okwebunam, who we've talked about here on the show ad nauseum over the course of the last season, saying, hey, like this is a guy who got robbed of a year last year in the NFL, and you saw the talent. Jerry Rosberg saw the talent in him, which is why we saw him in the final two games. He's a guy who I think can really take a step forward in being an athletic downfield weapon for the Broncos. It's not a wide receiver. And I think if you have coverages, if you have defenses that are focusing so much on Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, gosh, it creates so many opportunities for a guy like Greg Dulcich. It creates opportunities for a guy like Albert Okwebunam to produce. You have a what you call a pick your poison in terms of personnel options. Can the Broncos offense grow into a, a productive unit in a sense to where it's like, all right, hey, we can. If you're going to take away this option, we're going to hit you with this option. That's where Denver needs to grow into this season with their offense. But man, they have on paper, as you mentioned, they have all the pieces. And Adam Troutman, former familiarity with him as well. Yeah, and I just, as you're even saying that, Cody, it just reminds me of something that I believe to be true and maybe others listening as well. Really, you can't be so picky if you're the Denver Broncos about, you know, having guys that are just like, oh, well, we want a tight end that does this and we want a tight end that does this. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we're not going to keep somebody like Alberto because we already have a pass catching specialist. No, no, no. This team needs as many playmakers as possible. Like you said, guys that can take the pressure off when the, the opposing defense is really focusing in on somebody like Dulcich or Sutton or Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy. And you have somebody who's as talented as Albert O to be able to kind of sneak into the mix, and which I think, and not necessarily even sneak into. He could, he's shown he could be a featured guy, right? And he was anointed by the team's social media account uh, just over a year ago as the top tight end on the team. So this is a guy that the, that the team has relied on a lot in the past. They've seen the glimpses from him. We've seen what he can do when in a featured role. And I think everybody in Broncos country at one point has been very, very excited about his future. So from top to bottom at this position group, you've got guys with, you know, decent draft status, but more so I think you've got guys that can all contribute in a variety of ways. Now, where do these guys come in in terms of how they contribute on special teams? Because that's what the Broncos lost in the offseason with Eric Saubert, obviously, uh, leaving for the Miami Dolphins and Eric Tomlinson, I believe, with the Houston Texans, although I'm not sure he's still with them. Andrew Beck. But Andrew Beck also with the Houston Texans. So you lose guys that contribute on special teams. You lose guys that played a lot last year. I, I think even Tomlinson and Saubert, uh, Cody, those are the two offensive players out of everyone who played in all 17 games. So it's just you, you're losing quite a bit, but did you upgrade with the guys that you brought in that's the question that needs to get answered here as training camp approaches. I agree with you 100%. And, and look, there's also some other names too. You mentioned the Tommy Hudson's of the world. I also think maybe everyone should keep an eye here on Nate Adkins. He's an undrafted rookie free agent out of South Carolina. And really, he was kind of described by Sean Payton as what they call an F back, not fullback, but a guy who can play 
fullback. He can play tight end. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. It's your hybrid back, essentially. Something that Andrew Beck, I think, really excelled with last year. I mean, he is the makeup guy, I think, for what you have in a guy like Andrew Beck. But it's like, I also doing this training camp position preview, should we include fullback Michael Burton in this conversation? Or is, I, mean, I feel like we can't dedicate an entire episode to just one position at fullback, but I think Burton, when you talk about just the, the demands of the fullback position, I think inside of Sean Payton's offense, it does require them to do some things that tight ends do include. So I think that's something for fans to consider as we're talking about this position here on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. But Broncos country, we're going to dive into some position battles at tight end specifically. What are we looking for? What are some of the key traits that maybe each player needs to show in order to make the best case to make the roster? You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. And take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel, and you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 that's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Shohei Otani is obviously a great lock in a lot of those conversations here. But aside from that, you get all that that's on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, the best thing about it is you get paid instantly by FanDuel. If you're into NFL futures with NFL training camp starting up, the Denver Broncos have a ton of future props that you can get invested in. Russell Wilson, currently the seventh best odds of maybe winning comeback player of the year. If you feel like Russ is going to bounce back, well, FanDuel has you covered there. The Broncos win total set at an over-under of eight and a half. Do you think they're going to go over? Do you think they're going to go under? You can bet all the action at FanDuel Sportsbook. And there's no better place to bet on the MLB or the NFL than FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the National Football League. We're talking position battles for training camp and the Denver Broncos roster at the tight end position. One of those position groups on the roster right now where Cody, we've talked about other position groups like linebacker and wide receiver that may kind of feel set at the top, but are there some sneaky battles going on from within? Is there a sleeper on the roster? I know Cody T's maybe Adkins is a player to watch, but is there uh, another sleeper potentially? We'll talk about that, but before we do, from Cody and I, we just want to say thank you to all of you who make Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, wherever you listen to podcasts or if you watch us on YouTube, we're so grateful that you do that. We're on the road to 10,000 subscribers, which is pretty cool, Cody. It's it's crazy to see how much the channel has grown. And so we're so grateful to all of you who listen, who comment, who like the shows on YouTube. And for all of you who listen to podcasts wherever, if you're driving in the car listening to this, if you're on the treadmill or like I've said before, you're walking around Costco. I, I ran into a friend, Cody, at Costco, was listening to a podcast while carting around. I guess that's one way to kind of beat the craziness that goes on on a weekend run to Costco. But if you're at Costco right now and you're trying to pick uh, whatever you're going to have for your meals this week, how about trying to pick these tight ends for the Denver Broncos? Because I don't know exactly, especially Cody, you threw the curveball there in segment one, throwing in Michael Burton's name into this mix here as the fullback for this team. So now we're talking about, okay, how many guys are you even going to be able to keep? What are the battles? What is Sean Payton really looking for from this position group? And I think you got a chance to ask him about that, right? During the offseason about what is it that you look for in these guys coming out of college specifically. But 
I thought he gave a great answer. And I think it's worth noting at this point in time that there's it's it's a diverse position in today's NFL. You can't necessarily just say, hey, every single guy coming out of college is exactly the same. Oh, and Peyton made the, his response to me on that question before the NFL draft was you can't fit a square reg, uh, square peg into a round hole there. And what he meant by that is you look at these guys on the roster, you look at tight ends. One guy might not be a great blocker, but he's a great receiver, right? So how do you find balance there? Like Sean Payton isn't just going to say, okay, we need a guy who's going to be a great blocker and a great pass catcher. If you're both of those things, you have a great chance of being able to make the roster. But with how the game is played today, specifically at the college level, specifically even at high school, it is so hard to see that full transition, the old school tight end in which we've grown accustomed to see. But there are things that you can learn. And even George Payton had mentioned that, too, about Greg Dulcich. He wasn't the best blocker coming out of UCLA, but it's something he's gotten better at. He's worked on it, and that's something that's where your position coach. That's where Declan Doyle is going to come in handy. So I think it is something to kind of keep an eye there on that. Let's make, a. I feel like, a bargain here. Like I feel like there are, if we include Michael Burton, I think there are three players who we can probably say right now with confidence are perhaps roster locks at the tight end slash fullback position. I think Greg Dulcich, an evident roster lock, Michael Burton, but I also think we can throw Chris Manhurt's name into the mix. And Sarah, here's why I believe Chris Manhurt's is a roster lock. This is certainly going to influence personnel decisions, specifically on the offensive line, right? Which we're going to get into next week here on Lockdown Broncos for all you everydayers out there. But Manhurt's is a guy who obviously has not been featured so much in the passing game. And it's not necessarily due to a lack of talent or that he can't do it. It's just he's such a good blocker. He helps out in the run game so much that that's where he's made his hey, he's accepted that role. But he's also the guy that we've talked about here as well that could emerge as an under-the-radar pass catcher, kind of like Eric Tomlinson, who had a similar background last year. Not many uh, catches hauled in in the NFL prior to him coming to Denver, and certainly was not the case. But he saw more targets, I think, in Denver than he has previously, and he had two touchdowns overall despite being one of their best-blocking tight ends. Manhurts is, in my opinion, look, he's six foot four, athletic, big basketball size, can box you out smaller defenders. But on top of that, he's an extra offensive lineman that maybe you can carry on the roster and maybe it opens up. You don't have to actually have an extra offensive lineman on your roster because you have a guy who can do that thing so well. And, and a guy like Chris Manners, do you agree? Do you disagree? I do agree, Cody. I was just about to say, you know, we know from Sean Payton's history that he tends to keep around eight offensive linemen. So that could be one of those areas, as we've discussed all these other position groups, that could be one of those areas that kind of helps the team if they do want to keep four tight ends and a fullback. That could really help you do so. And I agree with you on Chris Manhertz. Here's an important note. 3.34 million guaranteed for Chris Manhertz. That's no small chunk of change for a guy who, like you said, I mean, barely has, what, 24 receptions over over 100 NFL games. Like, that's a lot of money to pay a guy who is not catching the ball that much. And really, that just speaks to the ability of this guy to go out and block. And not just run block, but pass protect. He's going to help the Broncos in a variety of different ways out there. So I think he is, like you mentioned, Cody, a roster lock. And those guys who aren't roster locks... Albert Okuebenam, maybe Adam Troutman, Tommy Hudson, Nate Adkins. Those guys are battling it out for one or two positions. I personally would just hate to see Albert O go. I know that yeah. last year was a wasted year, and I know that we haven't quite seen him live up to his full potential at this point, but that would be a very, very tough pill to swallow 
just based on the potential that we've seen, right? We've seen him throw, go out there and, and have some huge gains. We've seen him make some crazy plays like the fourth down touchdown that he had, I believe, against the Giants in 2021, where he's kind of leaping over the, the pile on there. He's done some crazy stuff out there, but man, it just hasn't been consistent. And thankfully, you know, injuries haven't really been the issue the last two seasons, although in his rookie year, he did have the torn ACL, but it would be very, very tough to see him you know, leave this roster. And especially because Sean Payton, we know, doesn't want to let guys leave and excel elsewhere. Well, and Albert O's the type of guy who has the talent. He goes to another NFL team. I think the right situation, he's going to thrive, especially in a passing offense. I think we will see him thrive with another team. We're going to be sitting here like, what we've been saying it all along about Albert Okuebunam. And look, I thought he had a really terrific OTAs. He had a terrific mandatory mini camp getting downfield against the Broncos defense. Like I can't go into detail as to, what exactly he did, but, you know, let's say, hey, it was a big play downfield that would have made a big difference in a real NFL game if that were the case here. And I think there are the wild cards. Adam Troutman wanted out of New Orleans, was not happy after the change. Look, Sean Payton retired. Adam, I mean, Troutman's production went down essentially here uh, for the Saints this past season. Very unhappy with his role there. He is a guy who we know can contribute and he can block and maybe he can be a little bit of an under-the-radar dynamic in the passing game. I mean, a, a good portion of his catches we've talked about with Tim Patrick and his value for Tim Patrick, every, you know, half his catches would move the chains for first down. A similar thing could be said for Troutman and the reception total history that he's had during his time with the new Orleans saints, specifically when Sean Payton was the head coach. Payton knows what Troutman can do. Troutman knows what Payton wants on the offense. I think that gives him an advantage there. So it really does open up. Like how many guys do you want to keep here on the roster going into the regular season at this position. And look, I think everything, when we do these position previews, we're going to put an asterisk on every position, health pending, right? Because the reality is training camp, it's physical. Guys get banged up. Freak accidents happen. Preseason, you're playing in an NFL game, full speed. Injuries happen. But I think we can dive deep and get a really good picture coming up here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, about what the tight end room may look like here this upcoming season for the Broncos and Broncos country. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know your thoughts on position battles at tight end specifically that you have your eye on going into training camp, especially if you're going to be out there in practice on July 28th, sitting on the berm, 3000 diehard Denver Broncos fans. Let us know in the comments down below or on social media at Cody work NFL at Sarah Bettinger at locked on Broncos, Sarah and myself, we're going to share our thoughts on who we think will make up the Broncos active roster at the tight end position, specifically going into the regular season. You're going to get that on today's episode of the show. Real quick, make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you get your podcast in audio format, or you can watch it for free on YouTube. Earlier this week, the NFL deadline for franchise tags came and passed. Evan Ingram signed a deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. What about guys like Josh Jacobs? What about Saquon Barkley? Did they sign? Could there be holdouts? Locked on NFL has you covered with the local experts on the biggest stories as we prepare for NFL training camp. When it comes to making projections for the Broncos tight end room going into 2023, how might it all shake out? What are the biggest strengths that the Broncos have at that position? Who has the best case? We want to hear from you, Broncos country, who you think will make up the depth at tight end on the active roster. We'll share that with you and share our picks on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos real quick. Just want to say thank you once again so much for making us part of your day every single day, your first listen in the morning, or if you watch us on YouTube, we're so grateful for your interaction and you being a part of the show every single day. This show is for Broncos country because there's too much smoke and mirrors out there. There's too much clickbait. There's too much hot take stuff. This is real substance where we're going to tell you 
what's happening with the team, what we see. And we're going to share our thoughts without being overreactionary to a lot of these things. We appreciate you for making us part of your day every single day. There, my friend, I'm going to ask you here. I'm going to have you open up here on our final portion of today's episode of the show. When you look at the tight end position here for Sean Payton, the Broncos offense, some of the circumstances we've discussed here storyline-wise with each player, who do you think will be on the active roster going into this season? I'm curious for your thoughts. Well, I think you start with, obviously, Greg Dulcich, who is one of the players that I think the Broncos are really building around right now. And he's somebody who could be a foundational piece going forward. Chris Manhurts, after him, I think is the number two guy. We we say money talks, right? 3.34 million guaranteed on his contract. I think he's safe and sound. And if we if we throw Michael Burton into the mix, I really feel like the fullback is going to be a key part of this offense, but specifically at tight end. The the question that I'm struggling with and wrestling with is it is it three or four? Is it three or four guys? And does keeping, you know, six wide receivers affect that? My ideal scenario, and for if anybody's keeping track at home of who we've all kept on the roster, I may I may eventually go over 53. Like you said, this is all health pending. This is all and it's very hard to project. training camp. <laughs> it's hard to project, especially when we're doing you one position group every day here. But I look at this position group as the ideal scenario is if you can keep four guys, if you can keep Dulcich, Manhurts, and then Troutman and Okuebunam, I feel like that gives you the opportunity to kind of interchange guys, gives you two really athletic, fast guys and two guys who are kind of more well-rounded. But everybody in that group has size. Everybody in that group is a threat in some way or another. The other question is special teams. Who's going to play special teams? Is that going to be Manhurts and Troutman? I don't know how much Okuebunam plays. So that will factor in ultimately. But I, I think ideally you would want to keep those four guys at this position group. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a similar line of thinking in terms of who I think make out my perceived. I think they do carry four. I feel like you have to at this point. But how does it all balance out? Right? You mentioned Troutman, former familiarity with Sean Payton, as we've discussed here on the show. I think Alberto is too talented to let go. I think he's if he stays healthy, he'll be on the roster alongside Dulcich, alongside Banner. So in my opinion, who makes up that fourth and final spot? I think this is where we really see, okay, hey, can Nate Adkins come in during training camp? Well, I thought he had an impressive rookie minicamp, OTAs, mandatory camp, but in training camp in the preseason, can Nate Adkins maybe become a guy, become maybe, you know, we always look to identify undrafted gems. Could he be a guy that comes out and if he performs really well in the preseason to a point, other teams are going to see it and you can't ignore it. Maybe, maybe you do have Nate Adkins maybe upending Adam Troutman, maybe as that fourth guy or Tommy Hudson, because I think really these three guys are going to compete. And I think for a lot of people, it's easy. And I think it would be a safe bet to say, okay, well, hey, considering Adam Troutman's history with Sean Payton, he's probably going to be a roster lock. But I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Nate Atkins suddenly emerges out of nowhere. And if he plays better than Troutman and obviously Tommy Hudson, I think he's got a really good case here. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a wild card here. I'm going to say the four guys would be Dulcich. I think it'll be Chris Manhurst, Albert O, and I'm going to go with the undrafted rookie free agent, Nate Adkins. Wow, I like that. We're getting bold in the roster predictions even before preseason. So, hey, if if this guy ends up balling out, you heard it here first, right? So I love that. And I, I actually really like Tommy Hudson as well. I mean, uh, we, when we're doing these position previews, we're not necessarily trying to diminish these back-end guys. In fact, obviously, Correct. Cody's really highlighting one but I've spoken on this show before about Tommy Hudson as well, just getting to watch him a little bit after the Broncos brought him back. What really intrigues me about him 
is the fact that remember he came in for a tryout early in the offseason. The Broncos didn't sign him after the tryout, and then later on they did sign him. So that kind of made me think. You you piece those two and two together. That signing, bringing him in a couple weeks after his tryout, in combination with Sean Payton saying we don't want to let these guys get into our mini camp, get into our try, you know, come and try out for us, and then go excel at other places. So that kind of made me think maybe he was referring to Tommy Hudson or maybe he was just speaking generally. I don't know, but that kind of made me think when they did sign him, like maybe they like this guy and I watched a little bit. He can block. I mean, he's very, very uh, consistent in that regard and has been dating back to his time at college. So there's a couple of sleepers at this position. Don't be like, like Cody said, don't be surprised if somebody that you don't expect ends up making the roster at tight end. It wouldn't surprise me to it. And knowing Sean Payton's history, as you have pointed out statistically in previous shows here, nobody has loved undrafted rookie free agents or has had more undrafted rookie free agents on the active roster than a guy like Sean Payton over the course of his tenure as head coach for the New Orleans Saints. So it presents an interesting dynamic. Broncos camp is fast approaching. Obviously, July 28th will be when Broncos fans can sit on the berm. If you have a ticket through Ticketmaster, if you've gotten it, make sure you also keep an eye out for details on those sites, as well as Damani Leach has even talked about, hey, we understand some people may not be able to make it after they've already purchased their ticket. There's going to be a process involved there. Stay tuned with the Broncos for all those details here. But if you're making it out to training camp, also let me know. I'll be out there. And before practice begins, which 10 a.m. Mountain Time every single day, I'd love to come by the line that you guys are waiting in, say hi, introduce myself and chat with you a little bit before I have to go in to start everything. I'm not even sure where we're going to be, Sarah, for practice. I we, we do not know yet. We know that when there are no fans in attendance, we are on the berm standing and watching. And if there are fans in attendance, are we going to be where we've normally been? I mean, that is a great question. It's a mystery. I don't even know. So maybe we might even be with the fans inside, uh, you know, on the berm as well. So we'll see how things play out here for Broncos training camp. We'll have you covered every step of the way leading up to the start of training camp with our position previews. And if you're an everyday listener of the show, here's what you can expect on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Our training camp position preview focuses on the edge rusher position. Can Randy Gregory stay fully healthy this season and who might emerge opposite of him? Is it going to be Frank Clark? Is it going to be Baron Browning when he comes back from injuries? Jonathan Cooper. We're going to take a look at the edge rusher position on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.